Okay, so Jeremy Allen White mm-hmm. and Selena Gomez. Or dating? Maybe, I don't know. Oh, okay. I think it's a rumor. Okay. Yes or no? Oh, for sure, dude. For sure? For sure. Like, Jeremy seems like a really cool dude outside of working, outside working. of being Carmi. Are you basing it, are you basing it off as of just, like, acting talent? This is all I know about Jeremy Allen White. Exactly. And like, he's playing it. a good guy. And okay. Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast. Today we'll be talking about Bear, the Bear on FX season two. Episodes one through five. I haven't seen six, seven, eight, nine, ten yet. Because <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, so yeah. we thought might as well split it up. Yep. Yeah. Season six might be itself. What? Season six? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Episode six might be by itself. <laughs> well, I'm Kevin. I'm Derek. And um, season, Woo! well, season one. <laughs> Season one was so good, and we actually <laughs> watched it just in time for season, season two, two, which literally came out like two weeks later. Yeah, conveniently for us. So, oh man, now they're trying to open the bear. The bear. It's so good. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's so good. So, so far, I pretty much teared up or cried in like every episode almost. Mm. Because the first moment was in episode one where Sid is um, looking for someone to train to be her sous chef. And then she asks Tina, which is really cool because Tina in season one was giving Sid so much shit. And then by the end of like season one, Tina like was pretty much like accepting of Sid and like they, she like really looks up to her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's cool because I kind of did not like Tina at first, obviously. Like, no one did. Yeah, because she was standoffish. Yeah. And then she just becomes, like, this whole different, more loving character, if you will, and, like, more supportive. And I think it's just because she was closed off, right? Same thing. Well, she didn't, like, change, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe it was, like, pride or Mm -hmm. whatever, because, or insecurity that you're not good enough, you know, and so you're kind of, like, putting up a fight because it's mm-hmm. you don't want to accept that you suck right and then the moment happens season one where you know sid shows that she's got her back mm-hmm. uh, no matter what and then there's this bond that forms and then we get that beautiful moment in episode one um, um an even bigger uh moment in in season one is that when richie was kind of like um railing into sid and then tina pulls yeah. richie out to the back and then Tina was like, you have to go because um, what I'm doing here is like actually good, you know, and like what she, we're doing yeah. here is actually good. And yeah. she was seeing improvement in herself, becoming a better chef and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that was a moment I realized, oh, dang. So they're the writers are actually allowing this character to grow. Mm hmm. And not just this character, it's actually every character. Every single character. Which is really cool. It was in that same moment where we also see Richie try his best to start to change as well because obviously he's the most resistance to it. But like, you know, now that there's this whole momentum going forward, like Richie in season two is trying his best to, you know, find his purpose, he says. And is trying to be, continue to be useful because you know, he's he feels inadequate, right? Like he he's has, not good at anything, and he's um, he thrives in chaos simply because in chaos nothing is good, mm-hmm. and he's not good at anything. So that's like his comfortable surrounding. Right. So now that the business is kind of you know recuperating and trying to do everything by the book, and everyone is improving and getting good, he's hitting a wall of self realization of um, like finding his peace, you know, or his purpose. Yeah. Well, I was going to say like where he fits in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because we do get to see him with his daughter for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I love you. And then the daughter didn't say it back. And, you know, it just sucks for Richie. Cause he's like, he doesn't have anybody or rather he feels like he doesn't belong. Right. And it's just so interesting to see like, everyone progressed further and further and the only person right that kind of doesn't um it to me is actually carmy because he has this grand vision and stuff and he does get a little uh blindsided by claire 
you know, who again is also super dope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, they just do such a good job of like, you know, creating like further relationships between these two. Dude, it's so Man, good. It's like so good. You just fall in love with Claire. Like it's crazy. Mm hmm. From from first sight, <laughs> it's those eyes. <laughs> it's the eyes. It's uh, you know the fact that she doesn't let Carmi go. As in, like you know, like why did you give me a fake number? Yeah, that was why really did you give cool. me a fake number? It was such like a different moment, and I'm curious if this actually happened to anybody. You know, like for well, from the guy perspective, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like, has a girl ever like fought back hard or fought hard? What? What am I trying to say? Yeah. <laughs> fought hard to win you over <laughs> fought to win you back harder what? <laughs> yeah anyways maybe there's some sense in there <laughs> but in here it's cool because normally it's the guy that has to like fight harder to get her back but now it's the opposite mm -hmm. it's it's a beautiful relationship that again the bear treats the audience really nicely like we know they already had a background and you know carmy liked her a lot and then we're seeing the reciprocation now mm -hmm. now that they've rekindled the kind of relationship and stuff like that she was the one who got away she's come back and you know now they have this like really interesting relationship because we also see that relationship become uh entangled in his own mission to again start up this restaurant and stuff like that and it's taking his focus away which is you know a lot of people in real life run to that same situation where just things happen well what i really liked about episode one back to what you were saying where you thought that the only person that's not really changing is carmy it's actually the beginning of or ending of episode one where we learn about richie's trajectory and carmy's trajectory because uh carmy was talking about how or Richie asked him, well, you really like this place because it's fun or whatever, even though it's tough. And then Carmi's like, no, I don't think this place is fun or, or whatever, what we're doing is fun. And then he's hitting a, a realization for himself where it's like, he doesn't know what fun is. Mm -hmm. So right. now that's what we're getting when Claire shows up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because now he's like going out, yeah. having a good time. Because he's also exploring, like, because rather than have fun and whatever, he went off to chef school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like he was just a studious person and he like avoided fun and relationships and right. stuff. He was just always focused on yeah. his goals and stuff like that. And so it's just really cool. And I also love that, you know, we get to see the whole process from start to finish pretty much of the restaurant, you know, and how hectic it can be specifically if you're using the same location that has older bones, right? Uh, it's so hectic and yet so heartfelt to see everyone be like, we got to do it by the book now. We're, we're starting over. Like, let's do it right. And like, Richie's the only one that's like, you know, uh, example, like there's mold on the walls. You know, it's like, that's not mold. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, don't worry about it. It's been there. And then Fac is the only one that's like, no, no, no. We're going to tell mom who's sugar. Which yeah. I love that she's in this so much more because yeah, I love her. Mm -hmm. Like one of my favorite characters in this, but yeah, and the whole time Fact is like, no, we gotta tell mom. Like, don't tell mom. We gotta tell mom. And then she finds out. And then like again, everything's being done properly because that's what they want for this, you know, uh, restaurant. Yeah, they want it to succeed by the book. That way, it can grow into a franchise. Mm -hmm. So it's so damn good. <laughs> that was just so episode good. one. <laughs> that was just episode one. Um, but I was on a tirade of what. what was making me tear up uh the second episode oh shoot i forgot when i cried <laughs> was it um, another tina moment probably because that's when they're going so tina and uh ebra 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 yeah gets sent off to go train as well you know mm -hmm. they're going through like this process and stuff um so they find budget to send them off later on obviously we get marcus also going to training and stuff like that mm -hmm. um I love the character development here because they're truly investing in the characters. Like we're seeing growth through training. I just remembered what we're, yeah. we're seeing made me tear up. It was actually Sid when it was Sid and her dad oh. sitting at the, um, I don't That's know, right. restaurant mm -hmm. booth area thing, <laughs> restaurant thing. And they're reminiscing about her mom and we don't really know. Right. Well, 
I don't know if they say it later in the episodes. No, no. Uh, they okay. hinted because uh, Carmi asked, like, you know, how's your dad? Whatever, how's oh, your mom? And oh yeah, she, and then, she goes good. Yeah, yeah, and then she mm-hmm. just like that brief hesitation. You're like, oh, something happened. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool because they're reminiscing about her mom, and then they're having this moment, and then we don't really know for sure what happens to the mom. But the moment they like do the prayer hands mm-hmm. and then blow out the candles, yeah. it was just like you you can damn, tell mom's gone. Yeah, mom's yeah. gone. I was like, so she didn't like leave. Mm-hmm. It's like gone, and it's just. A really cool way to let the audience know that she died without saying that she died. Mm-hmm. Visual storytelling. <laughs> Another really interesting aspect that's building up, right, is the relationship between Sid and Carmi. Because in the first two episodes, we see a lot of partnership going back and forth. Sid, you know, is trying to learn as much as she can uh, from Carmi because her goal is to gain a star, a Michelin star, right? Which are fake, by the way. All right, like just saying, like <laughs> mission <Okay>. stars. <laughs> so, uh, if you don't know what Michelin stars are, right, they're given out by Michelin, the the tire company. Yeah, I was gonna say um, every time you say Michelin, I'm like, why is it yeah. a tire company? It's the tire company. So they use those stars to uh, rate these restaurants and stuff. So that way, you're more willing to travel. So it's all technically bullshit. Like you get three stars. One of them, uh, you get the first star for having a great, uh, amazing food. The second one's for amazing service. The third one is having a great combination of both. Hmm. Yeah. So like, that's why it's important in like the restaurant industry because now it's become a standard. Um, And so that's why we see like, you know, Sydney wanting one so badly. Hmm. She knows that draws in interest into the restaurant. It's a goal for her as well, you know, just to be, Kind of well known, right? She wants an achievement. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, Josh fact. Wiseman. <laughs> Joshua Wiseman is the one who taught me that. So shout out to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I watch him sometimes. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's good. Um. So yeah, like you know, again, we have these moments where Carmi is Sydney's mentor. You know, she's going through and like um, building a ton of stuff, but for some reason, every single time she's like, she's always missing something. You know, and Carmi's the one that can tell her what it is. He so always says that. that it's like almost good to, or right. almost great, or it's it is great. Good. It's just like one thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. And then now we're getting the moments where it's like too salty or unedible or inedible, sorry. And, and again, Carmi being on his journey with uh, Claire is now neglecting that kind of partnership now. Mm-hmm. I find that so fascinating. Another part too is when she's um, having that conversation with her dad and then her dad was kind of like, we understand that they had this conversation before about okay well do you have a backup plan you you know that it's like that talk with your parents of like career and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and it's like damn this is pretty much how it is you know like when you want to chase your dreams but then they're like yeah but you need to make sure you have this Mm -hmm. hey did you know your cousin can get you a job at this or whatever and then she's like no but this is good and and then her dad is like do you trust him? And then mm. she like, she's like, yeah, yeah. It's like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, I love it. You know, it's it just such a real relationship. Again, she's trying to go in, into it as a partnership. I think Carmi just sees her as just like another one of his employees. So that's like kind of like the interesting distinction, even though uh, Carmi, you know, uh, Tina says, I think it's in the beginning of uh, season two that you know carmy is now executive chef oh yeah and yeah. Then, you know sydney's taking over for carmy's role now and so it's like this whole cycle of hierarchy yeah. yeah and the cool thing about that statement of do you trust carmy or whatever is that we throughout the episodes we do get payback to that um line mm-hmm. because we do see carmy like neglecting oh, sid yeah. because he's with claire and then sid's doing a lot of work trying to like get the restaurant going like she's trying to um find people to roster and then mm-hmm. <laughs> she was trying to poach those chefs from that one <laughs> so, oh, oh sorry <laughs> yeah and that uh, boss man came yeah. out he was like dude are you really trying to poach my employees right in front of me and that's crazy but- i i really do enjoy watching the episode i think it's three uh it's one of my favorite episodes of sydney going and trying and learning from other restaurants because uh, there's this beautiful community of restaurants where, again, like if you want to learn from another restaurant, like they're willing to share their 
their best practices, their secrets and stuff like that, because they want other restaurants to succeed as well. You know, like this is the good part of capitalism, right? It's competition. And so, you know, they want other people to rise up and, you know, support the small businesses, small restaurants. And so when Sydney goes from each place to each place, learning about the food and how the service works and everything like that, like, it's so cool to see. And I'm, I'm sure it's like some of the best restaurants in Chicago, right? They look nice yeah, oh, as far as like the previews go. And also it was in my head, I was like, how much money is she spending on just Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Cause I was like, she's not making that much money, especially mm -hmm. if they're in a like pay you back kind of exactly. thing. And I, I bet they have budget set aside for experimenting and R&D, right? It's, it's R&D. Um, and so I just really enjoy like moments like that where they're showing like real life experiences for people who don't know. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. It's, you know, it's well shot. And Sydney going through it herself too is like, we still get her story involved in all this. It's like, this is beautifully directed. Yeah. I, like every, I look at the director's name right after the show ends and mm -hmm. it's like majority of them. I think they're all girls. Yeah. Girl so directors. Yeah. yeah. So far. Yeah. It's so, pretty cool. Yeah. And then my favorite episode so far of, you know, one through five mm -hmm. has to be four is four. Marcus's journey in Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Uh, and again, we get to see the beginning is him taking care of his mom. You know? that, yeah. Even when he's like Stuff having like that. that moment, like caring for his mom, it's just like, God, it's, it's so heartbreaking to see like everyone go through, through their own things. Uh, I think the whole season starts off with Marcus, right? Like the very first episode starts off with Marcus visiting his mom. Mm -hmm. Um, and then episode four, episode four happens because now it's like, oh, he has to leave his mom, go on his own journey to figure out himself as a pastry chef. And Will Poulter comes Will in, baby. Poulter, girl, he dude. looks so damn good. I was not expecting Will Poulter. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to make an appearance, but I didn't know it was what. Oh, I didn't. I didn't expect anything. <laughs> I saw a little tidbit on Reddit. Oh, it. really? And uh, it was just so cool because like Will Poulter coming in, just again, like I just a really established chef. His background too is another uh, amazing piece of writing in here because Will Poulter's character uh, didn't go to school for anything, didn't do much, and he started off as a dishwasher. Then he just developed this interest, became good at it. And the funny thing is, like, he technically doesn't even like doing it. Yeah. He's just good at it, and so he's just doing it because he's good at it and makes some money. Well, he said that he he made a lot of mistakes, but he because he had a lot of people that were better than him. Mm -hmm. and he learned from them or whatever yeah. he was able to excel really quick really early by the time he reached like a similar age mm -hmm. as marcus and then being humbled by thinking that he was the best chef just because he was so good but he wasn't when he had another like co-worker mm -hmm. that was actually better than him yeah it was so cool to watch and you know i'm i love the cinematography here too because like Every shot shows how beautiful the city is, whatever, how beautiful this, uh, the food is. And then, like, when they're making these desserts, they're also giving us what it takes to build a um, world-renowned yeah. world dessert. I don't know what it is. I forget the name, too. <laughs> but it looks wild. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they were describing the taste, too. Yeah. When he's like, oh, it's like a mint chocolate chip something and i was like what that yeah. did not look like <laughs> but if it tastes like that you know that's mm -hmm. really cool and they put a lot of work and effort into making it that way mm -hmm. we also get to see the techniques that go into like building something like this you know like <laughs> one trend that's going on that's crazy is the spoon thing so you know how like will poulter goes and oh, yeah, the spoon he, mm -hmm. people do that with butter they do it with a bunch of other stuff so seeing those techniques in the the show it's just next level. Next level. Next level immersion for me because I love watching people cook. I think that's the thing. People love watching people cook. Well, I think it's because it requires so much higher level skill. Yeah. Like it's, it is something that everyone can do, but to be like really great, you're always wondering like, oh, what does it take? Because it's a million like movements or like technical stuff and it takes a big competent person to really do it all mm -hmm, mm -hmm. absolutely and i think that's like the subconscious like admiration whenever we watch like cooking shows and stuff like that yeah it's just there's a lot of experience that needs to be taught you know a lot of failures that lead to like those moments 
I, I also enjoy that he says that he wakes up at like four or five in the morning or whatever to prep everything. You know, like yeah, that's but, another aspect. I mean, prepping too. the kitchen before you even start doing anything is insane. Like, I mean, you know, working at a restaurant, you, get, <laughs> yeah. you have to wake up or show up like two or three hours before it even opens and you're just like setting stuff up. It's the worst thing to do, but also makes your life so much easier. Mm -hmm. And then like just kitchen prep is just, it just looks insane. You have to have so many utensils ready and all that. Mm -hmm. So again, episode four, one of my favorites. I don't know if you have a favorite one so far. So far? Probably episode five. Yeah. Just because we get to spend time with Claire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like so lovable. Like the way they're shooting this and writing this, it's like, you know, she actually doesn't really say much. But when she does talk, it's like, wow, why? It's like they're able to write well, not only did they cast like the right person, so mm -hmm. far everyone is like well casted. Absolutely. But they're able to make us as the audience fall in love with Claire, like with Carmi, you know? And when's the last time you saw like a rom-com that like did that? Yeah, it's true. And the funny thing is that uh, you mentioned this before, we're getting payoff. Mm -hmm. We hear about Claire so often and, you know, but the fact that Carmi let this one go and stuff like that and uh like Carmi also pretending that he doesn't care and stuff like we're finally seeing that he actually does care mm -hmm. and the only thing to drive his attention away from the restaurant is a girl <laughs> which is hilarious to me well yeah the payoffs to to all the dialogue is really really good the, the moment when they're at that party in episode five and then is it the party oh yeah mm -hmm. and then they're by they're like by themselves at this corner or whatever and then claire's like why did you give me a fake number? Yeah. And then normally in like previous films or whatever, the the guy would like shy away or, you know, avoidance or whatever. But in this moment, Carmi actually just straight out, flat out said it. And this wasn't a moment in those like cheesy rom-com movies where you say this dialogue just because we need this movie to like play on the trope of like, hey, but what if this happened? But no, in this one, this one felt real. Mm -hmm. because he says i like you a lot and he flat out says that and due to the amount of like shit we know about carmy <laughs> like he he was avoiding it because he's like scared and like he um is too focused on being a chef and all that stuff <laughs> that the moment he says this it like damn that was not cheesy it was like perfect and it was just like in a way it like pokes at your heartstrings because he's like damn Damn. <laughs> That's you know, how I felt. You know, another great moment too in that party scene is like when we see Carmi first enter with her, you know, and mm -hmm. like he's kind of reserved and whatever is kind of to himself. And he's sitting there and Claire's uh, consoling her friend. Oh, yeah. And, you know, they have that great uh, back and forth and stuff like that. And, you know, he kind of starts opening up a little bit more. He goes to leave and then that guy comes up to him and mistakes him as someone else. Yeah. And he just rolls with it yeah <laughs> so like that's something we don't see from carmy often yeah is that side of him where he's like able to think on the spot or you know just kind of go with it and like you mentioned and telling the fun. story yeah, yeah have fun like the payoff to to that first episode like i don't know what it means to have fun and then in this moment we're finally getting getting to see that side of him because yeah. before this moment he's only ever been serious and like yelling and like frustrated but like at the same time like apologetic because mm -hmm. he doesn't want to hurt people but like mm -hmm. high stakes kitchen yeah, <laughs> yeah he and business. Cares for people. yeah right it's uh the other thing is that it is a reflection of himself and showing a piece of uh what mikey was like oh yeah, yeah we get to see a lot of like mikey being like a storyteller and stuff like that in uh Richie like Richie is you know Mikey's best friend and stuff like that so like they vibe off of each other and you know we sometimes see Mikey like again share those stories and he's very outlandish you know outgoing and stuff like that so it's cool to see that they share that relationship there um through storytelling another payoff to that dialogue when when um Claire brings up Mikey and then they're uh, it's Claire and Carmi, and then she's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't want to bring up Mikey." And then Carmi is like, "No, I like thinking about him." Mm -hmm. And then they're talking about how Mikey was like, he wasn't afraid of parties. He was like the go, go to like mm -hmm. star 
of the party and storytelling. But that's just like a add on to what you were saying. Yeah. So it's just amazing writing is what we're saying. It's it, this whole show show for, like somehow they found the formula, right? There's a winning formula in the writing and they're executing it with such pers- precision to make it like believable. It's perfect. It's real. It's it's just so amazing. So good. So good. So good. Um, I do have one criticism for you. Okay. Uh, just a little bit. It's a small one. Don't hate me on this. I don't. It's uh, some of the improvisation in a few of the characters. Very little in one character in particular. Okay. I might. I I might think. Might yeah. think. Well, I cannot talk. To <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah. I think. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um. I'll get into it. So okay. in the episode, in episode one, uh, season two, whatever, when Sid actually is sharing, uh, is going to ask Tina to be her sous chef. Mm-hmm. Again, beautiful moment. I'm not trying to take away yeah, from it. The, whole... the only thing is, you know, I, I can tell it's improvisation because like, she's like, uh, yeah, I'm trying to beat around the bush. Yep, I, yep. I'm trying to say, uh, that was like, exactly what? what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, oh, you're not hitting it right now. And like, the problem with that is that she does it often. Yes. And, and because she does it often, we pick up on the pattern and that's mm-hmm. why it's bothersome. It's not because it was like, oh, this is there injected due to the writing. Mm-hmm. I love that. that you pick up. Yeah. Because like, I couldn't put my finger on it, but you saying there's a pattern to it. Mm-hmm. I think that is, that's exactly it. It's getting recycled. And maybe if I watched this like weekly, I wouldn't have noticed it. But because I watched five episodes <laughs> back, <laughs> to, back to back to back, I was like, yeah. I was getting annoyed of the same thing. I mm-hmm. was like, damn, she's doing a lot of a, uh, 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 like that mm-hmm. struggle to get it out. And I'm like, <laughs> fucking say <laughs> and again it doesn't take away from the performance much. yeah yeah it doesn't and she's again an amazing actor doing mm-hmm. a wonderful job in this whole show and like, improv is hard too so. yes and the only rule about improv if i remember correctly is that you don't reuse the same material like that's that's the whole thing about comedy too like if uh you use uh really good material and it kills you have to retire it i learned that from um uh, oh gosh he's a comedian Steve Martin? No. Damn. No. Oh, he's he's newer age. Oh, newer um, age. Oh gosh, what is his name? I want to call black? him out because no, no, he's Italian. Italian. He's Italian slash Mexican. Um, he just did. Oh, I think special. I know who you're talking about. He, he's also gay. Um, I don't know who you're talking. About. <laughs> I think his name is Matt something. I'm, no, Matt, Matt Rife? No, no, definitely not Matt. He's not Italian. If I find the name, I'll mention him in the next episode okay. because he deserves praise. He's so funny. Okay. Um, but he's the one that gave out gave out that tidbit. It was like, you know, if you have a really good set, you have to retire it. Oh, sorry. If you have, if you have a really good set that's uh, televised, that's oh, recorded. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, because like you can't, it's like reusing that same joke over and over at mm-hmm. a party and it's the same party with the same people. And yeah. it's like, okay, dude, that was funny the first time, but I don't know about the 20th time. The same concept applies here, right? Yeah. Like you did, you did really good to, I guess, beat around the bush, and that's probably part of Sid's character. Mm-hmm. Find a different way to continue to portray that, you know. But also remember that Sid's growing confidence. You know, she's frustrated and she's stressed, but she also is now becoming, you know, one of the head chefs. Yeah. So she has to say things now with directness, and she has to say it with confidence, poise. You know, just remember to, to have those kind of de- small character developments for us. Yeah. And because of how often she does do it, Marcus did it too. And <laughs> yeah, and called it out. Uh, yeah. Which is hilarious. I mean, she, Marcus also does the same thing. Yeah. The whole like struggling to say the thing. And it's like, huh. Cool, I guess. His isn't as bad, maybe because we don't get as much screen Yeah, time. we don't get much of Marcus. Actually, the person with the least screen time is is probably Ibra. Yeah, yeah, so far. It, like, it's weird that we get these, like, very sentimental shots with Ibra, but we don't, we haven't had an episode with Ibra yet. What I would assume, and again, we're only on episode five. Yeah. So, if you guys are ahead of us, you guys might know, this is probably just a prediction. Yeah. Um... I believe it's probably a bigger storyline, right? Because we see Ibra being older as well, coming from a different background, and yeah. he's in the military. 
he has probably you know some kind of disability from you know serving and then they had moments where when he showed up with tina to that uh, yeah. school and we see him struggle mm-hmm. and it's like a hint of um inadequacy or something like that mm-hmm. or incompetence where he's just like frustrated or like he feels like he can't do this mm-hmm. and then he stops showing up mm-hmm. and then we haven't seen him so i mean so far yeah. we're, we're getting like these full episodes with um, certain characters by themselves so like it wouldn't uh, be beyond me that they have a full episode dedicated mm-hmm. to Ibra later. Yeah, and I'm excited for it because unlike every other character, he's the only one where we're getting breadcrumbs to yeah. who he is and how his progression is going to be. And so, you know, the payoff soon, I'm sure, yeah, is yeah. going to be great. We're going to eat that up. <laughs> you give us breadcrumbs, we're going to eat the whole bread soon. By the way, that that's also the right way to tell a story of so many damn characters by giving us breadcrumbs. Mm-hmm. Don't try to tell us everything in like one episode. Yeah. So like, I mean, kind of a hard comparison, but like in movies, when we have like five or <laughs> yeah. 20 superheroes and you're trying to feed us like everything, it's like, yeah, we don't even have time to finish the actual like story if you're just going to give us bios on mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. And of course that's more difficult and I and yeah, yeah. It's, mentioned it's a, it out. It's a different form. So like it's, tough. it's a smaller time frame. You know, you don't have as many episodes really to dive into those two. But again, the bear does such a good job because they remind us that these people are still here. Yeah. You know, they they'll mention Marcus, like, oh yeah, yeah, Marcus is in, you know, training in Copenhagen. You know, they'll offhandedly say stuff like that. Or they'll flash back or, you know, flash to Tina training still. Be like, hey, remember Tina's still there and she's training. Uh, Another thing to point out is that the dialogue actually matters. Yes. So like, um, I had this acting teacher talking about how like writers are writing how people talk, but like, we don't care about how people talk. People are trying to, the the reason why someone opens up their mouth is because they want to share an idea. Mm -hmm. And then it's like these, like if you write around an idea, then this person has a reason to talk. And because like, I don't know, this show is just well-written. So like every time they do open their mouth, it's not meaningless. Mm-hmm. Like they are talking about something that like to keep us um, on the same idea. <laughs> so we talked about this on a previous episode, but the writing in this has substance. You know, like there's a formula to it, like we mentioned before. It's just like it works because they're not focused on just one character or one relationship. They give us tidbits on other relationships that matter and they give us a payoff. You know, they give us the background and all that other stuff. And like Ibra, I think is a perfect, probably um, visual representation of that formula they're working on. And they do Little cut tidbits. to Ibra too. He won't have a line, but like it'll, I, I just remember this shot where it's Ibra by himself and he's like sitting on like mm-hmm. a bench or something outside. Right. And like it's like overlooking like a yeah, or something. Yeah. And it's like, damn. And they included that shot, which is cool. Like, you can still tell a story without implementing dialogue, right. which is God. breadcrumbs. <laughs> Leave it for us. Like, let us find them or something or like give us wanting more. Yeah, I'm just like, it. it's frustrating to watch this because it is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's frustrating in a good way. It's like, God, it's so good. <laughs> no, um, it's frustrating because they're actually using visual storytelling, which yes. is what the point of like movies and tv shows are whereas we're watching a lot of bad films (laughs) bad films and tv shows that are not remembering that it's a visual storytelling type of thing Mm -hmm. so like overfilling it with dialogue or like underfilling it with visual Mm -hmm. storytelling to just let us know what happens to this character or whatever right and uh the other thing right that we tend to get often and it's not actually like overplayed in here or whatever is the comic relief. And we get that in a fact. Oh yeah. Fact. Maddie Matheson is one of the co-producers of the show. And the fact that the only times he's ever is in this show are moments where like, it just tends to pretty much undercut like a more serious aspect. It's, it's still, yeah. It, it's, but it works so well as, you know, like what I'm getting at is just like, He's so good in this for some reason, <laughs> even though he's not truly an actor, but he has a very loud personality and it just works. And he has a lot of experience in the restaurant world too. So, I think the better thing is that we don't sense that it is comic yeah. relief. Yeah. So it is, it's 
easing the tension because we just went through a whole like shit storm of chaos in the kitchen. And then fat kind of comes in into this shit storm to say something weird or funky. And it's like, oh, that was funny or whatever. But it relieves the tension a little bit because you can only handle that high mm-hmm. of anxiety for so long. Like mm-hmm. in um, the previous season, um, episode nine, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> episode seven. seven. <laughs> um, but that was just a 20 minute episode. But that episode was so high tension, mm-hmm. high anxiety feeling that it's like, how much can an audience actually handle? Mm-hmm. So like, just remembering how your audience feels is like something that they're doing so far really good at. Mm-hmm. And um, Fact did have that one moment of heartfeltness with Carmi. Yeah. When um, they're like, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> it <was> like, I <laughs> did that. <laughs> oh, like, oh yeah. When, that. When, when he's like, why do you need me to leave? He's yeah. like, look, Claire's here. And he's like, I did that. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, hey. I love you. I love you. But I need my tools. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, okay. So another just kind of like um, something else that triggered is like, again, the little breadcrumbs thing that we just mentioned. It's so cool because in, I think episode four or whatever, Claire is the one who's like, who's your best friend? Oh, yeah. yeah. And Carmen's like, I don't know. It's like, well, it's FAC. FAC is your best friend. All right. And mm-hmm. so again, yep. later on, we just get that beautiful payoff to be like, Oh, they really are best friends. Carmi's realizing it too. And Carmi actually said it too. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is it's nice. so good. Yeah. Like that's so good. So good. That's how you do storytelling and writing. And I, <laughs> <laughs> another character to point out is Sugar. Yes. I like oh, how yes. Sugar I mean, is not. such a mom and like she feels like a mom too. Mm-hmm. You know? Like there are movies and probably just you know what? The rest of it. <laughs> it's been a while, actually, that we've felt um, like that mom type of feel with, without being told that it's a mom. Mm-hmm. Sugar just like comes off as a mom because of fat calling him her yeah, mom, mom or whatever. Yeah. But like she really is like a mom, though, right. which she's is pregnant. really cool. Yeah, and she's pregnant, but that was later. <laughs> yeah. it, that's why it's so cool. I think it's episode two that we find out. Yeah. Where she's sitting there and like, you know, it, it's hinted in the first episode. Hinted, right? So that way the audience has a little bit of interaction so we can figure it out. Then she overly states it in the second episode when she's sitting next to the toilet. Yeah. And then again. That was kind of a weird moment too. Yeah. Was she but it was talk- funny. Yeah. <laughs> she was talking to herself. She was talking to a plumber. Oh, the plumber. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, then the, the episodes continue and continue. We get these moments where her character is again building up to be a mother mm-hmm. and she's already doing that stuff but she's afraid to be a mother you know to bring a child into the world and not know how to raise them mm-hmm. and i think you know i've seen a little bit of episode six and like we get to see why she's like that okay yeah i won't spoil it too much but it's again wonderfully done like i this show is probably i only have high expectations <laughs> <laughs> it's so good like this show easily like it's cracked my top three Dude, the more man. we talk about it. I was I was gonna say, man, this show top beautiful. Top tier. Succession, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it could be good, but right now, like the other show that this is matching for me is Peaky Blinders. Oh, you you would rank Peaky Blinders higher or I think it's almost same right same? now. Same? I it depends on I guess how it, long the video goes. Yeah, through. I guess it depends on the mood that you're into too, because mm-hmm. Peaky Blinders is like mafia esque yeah. and you know more violent but in terms of storytelling they do exactly the same thing where they give you a little bit they give you the breadcrumbs you know on the background of why each person's the way they are gives them a little bit of breadcrumbs of who they will be Mm -hmm. stuff like that like it's so cool like that's why like it engrosses you in that you know indeed so the bear's up there man bear's up there the bear's up there another thing is sugar is also like a sweet sister too and it's like Damn, I want a sister. (laughs) (laughs) Cool, I have two of them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, that moment where Uncle Uncle Jay comes by, (laughs) and then um, sugar sugar does the thing. Yeah, (laughs) she schmoozes him. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do. I can't. And then, they, and then Uncle Jimmy is like eating it up. Mm-hmm. Is it Jimmy or yeah. Uncle Jay? Whatever. I think it's Uncle Jimmy. 
um, but he's like, Ian, I'm like, oh, you know, you know what, darling, you're working too hard and, you know, doing whatever. And then when they're leaving, she, that like brief interaction <laughs> between her, Richie and Carmi was it's just so good. So good. And again, no words written, all visual. Perfect moment. And then Carmi's like, you know, sugar, good job. But that was just absolutely fucking disgusting. <laughs> 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 oh man uh and then richie was like in a in a, in a, a blah, i can't talk <laughs> <laughs> you can also tell he's a little jealous too because he like wants to be able to do that from uncle jay as well yeah you know like to be a little bit more successful to be to have more purpose in life mm -hmm. essentially and so dude this show is so damn good the yeah, more we yeah. talk about it the more i fall in love with it so good man so good so good <laughs> Anyways, I think that might be it for now. Yeah. Unless you got something else you remember or something that affected you. No, I think it's just, I can't wait to finish, um, you know, the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, I'm pretty sure episode six being an hour long. I know of it. I just haven't seen it, you know. And so that might be a whole D&D <laughs> uh, &D episode in itself. <laughs> but I can't wait to finish the whole season. Um, what's really cool to take notice on is that season two has two extra episodes and mm. not only that, the episodes are a little bit longer. Yeah. yeah. So like, it's cool that effects allowed them to do, Hey, we're going to give you one season, eight episodes. And if people like it, mm -hmm. we're going to give you more or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that's how like it went down. Mm -hmm. If anything, they're ordering more, you know, yeah, like, like, especially with like yeah. what's going on now them them and hulu you know hulu also like invested in the show and they're like you know i'm sure they see the popularity behind it they've already won a ton of awards if i if i remember correctly um yeah so why not continue to invest in this mm -hmm. like we mentioned though just don't over uh yeah, don't extend it yeah don't overstay your welcome mm -hmm. so I look forward to the future. <laughs> it looks so good, dude. Like this show. Right. Oof. I have a proposition. Well, okay. or a tidbit, mm -hmm. whatever to call it. Okay. So Jeremy Allen White mm -hmm. and Selena Gomez. Are dating? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, okay. I think it's a rumor. Okay. Yes or no? Oh, for sure, dude. For sure? For sure. Like Jeremy seems like a really cool dude outside of... <laughs> Working outside working. of being Carmi. Are you basing it? Are you basing it off of just like acting talent? This is all I know about Jeremy Allen. Exactly, and like, he's playing it. a good guy. And, okay, and the other thing is like he grew up on um, what's Shameless. the other Shameless? Yeah, yeah. You know, like and I've only seen like I think the first two seasons of Shameless. It's a lot, and I remember him being also really good and sure. growing as an actor. You know, you can see it, dude. That's the ultimate like training as an actor. Oh, look, you're going to get 11 seasons or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you get to play this character for like a long time. Like regardless, if you get bored of playing the character or whatever, the onset experience and like, you know, acting and being paid for it, you get to like grow as an actor and be paid for it. That's insane. You, That's good. And it also like, you can tell he's very passionate about it too, to go from Shameless straight to the bear pretty much. You know, he probably took some time in between or whatever, but like, he, I don't know. He's just, <laughs> he's really good. He's good, man. He's, yeah. He's pretty top tier. Yeah. So would you like to see him in a blockbuster film? Yeah. Like we mentioned in the last one, like, I think he is great to be the flash, you know? Oh, you want to? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still want him. Like he would make a really interesting Barry. Barry. Yeah. Oh, when I saw Will Poulter, I told you Hal Jordan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hal Jordan. Hal then, Jordan. I, I counter-proposed okay. to make him Guy Gardner. And yeah. you did not like that. Let me go into it a little bit. Let me let me provide the uh, evidence. Yeah, Here's my vision for a Green Lantern franchise. Okay. Hal Jordan is fine. Like, it's cool. I love Hal Jordan. You know, his character is fine. What we need is something different, right? So, Will Poulter, Guy Gardner. Have it be a two-part movie. One, introducing Guy Gardner or whatever and then hinting at Hal Jordan. Second one brings in Hal Jordan as the mentor. Third movie, right, will have Hal Jordan kill Guy Gardner because of him being overtaken by Parallax, stuff like that, you know, trying to, uh, I don't know, do whatever else. And then fourth movie, 
and that's it. There's going to be four movies. The last movie is bringing in the whole Green Lantern Corps, uh, along with, you know, uh, what was it? John Stewart and bring in Kyle. And they are, you know, waging a war against Hal Jordan, who's being, who's taken over as Parallax. Right? Just have those four movies, like back to back to back, base it, uh, you know, a little bit on the comics, but also keep it fresh. Yeah, it's very interesting. That's my proposal. The, the interesting, most interesting part about that proposition is that it's not a hero's journey for, well, maybe it is still a hero's journey for Guy Gardner, mm-hmm. but it's not a happy one. No. It's, you're killing it. <laughs> yeah. And this incorporates a little bit of injustice in there because Hal Jordan does kill Guy in injustice. So again, put that in there and then again, just have it so that it just ramps up each time and then all we do is just get a hint that you know john stewart was um you know out somewhere else saving a different planet and uh kyle was there for a little bit and he was training under hal jordan in the third movie but then finds out again hal jordan killed guy gardner in that one Hmm. so he has to go against his mentor as well against again the greatest green lantern ever you know damn boom do you see it fitting in with James Gunn's new universe, though? For sure. Really? Yeah. Like, James Gunn did, you know, the Suicide Squad. That was amazing, right? Like, and that was completely different than anything that we've seen previously. Then we got to see a little bit of his taste in um, Peacemaker, the show. Mm-hmm. Again, incredible show. The fact that it hasn't gotten a season two just yet or is not out yet blows my mind because I need more of it. <laughs> But also, again, really well done. And I think James Gunn can add his flair into those Green Lantern movies. Um, and again, have those incorporated into a Justice League, you know? Oh, huh, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I just want a good Green Lantern movie. Exactly. I, don't, <laughs> I don't really care who's Same. who's the thing. Yeah. It's just my proposal. You know, keep it a little different. And then Bring Ryan Reynolds back, like Michael exactly. Keaton and Batman. Yeah, and then again, uh, Ryan, uh, sorry, Ryan Jordan. <laughs> Ryan Jordan. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, like, Ryan can only, only has to do with those three movies. He can be, like, the mentor type or whatever and, like, be teased in the first one, then have the third one, and then be killed uh, in the fourth one. Then that's it. He doesn't have to stay too long. You said three movies? Yeah, so he technically gets teased in the first Guy Gardner Green Lantern movie. Second one, he t- becomes the mentor, you know, whatever. We build a relationship with him again. That might be too long. Three, think so? three movies for how old um, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is. Yeah, but in they're, the comic... They're not cranking these movies out. Like, this one's coming out year after year. Yeah, Like, look how long it took Avatar. Although yeah. Avatar is a little <laughs> rare. That was... It's a special case. Yeah. And I agree, too. Let's say, realistically three to four years for in between each Green Lantern movie due to effects and mm-hmm. all that stuff. It could still work because Hal Jordan is technically supposed to be older when he gets taken over by Parallax. Um, but if not Ryan Reynolds, right? Replace him with, uh, honestly, like... <laughs> I'm laughing because it's not going to happen. I can see, uh, like, Henry Cavill. <laughs> like, slim down Henry Cavill and him playing Hal Jordan... Nah, I don't think he's slimming down, dude. Because dude. he has to do Warhammer, and he's, he's, he's going <laughs> to yeah. be built. It's going to be crazy, but Henry, Henry Cavill. How dare it. you kill Will Poulter in two movies? It's messed up. Technically three, and then there's flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> if they even do that. <laughs> if they do flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that's just the, you know, again, same thing with Will. I think he's too talented of an actor to be stuck to one franchise for too long. Oh, okay. So you want to kill him off early so yeah. he can blossom. Mm-hmm. So again, he has Flourish. two movies, and then the third one's him fighting against Hal. Okay, dies in the third one. What about Jeremy Allen? You're gonna cast him as the Flash, and then yeah. he's stuck. Yeah, but he's okay though. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be stuck for a little bit. No, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's just my proposal. Yeah. Does he fit in with Superman's casting though? I think he would like, and again, we don't know for the most part, like we, you know, we don't know where James Gunn's going to take Superman legacy, but we do know the actor for that has the chops. 
you know, from what we've seen so far, I'd say so, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I just think that the Flash should be like a little bit younger than Superman. Mm-hmm. And I think Jeremy looks a little bit older. Oh, well. I mean, he definitely has the chops to like act and do all that stuff. But mm-hmm. if we're casting a young Justice League, they all got to have that like similar age range and then vibe as a group. Mm-hmm. True. So then who would you replace Jeremy? I don't know. Me? <laughs> nice. Asian berry. Asian berry. It's not going to happen. Um, no, like it's tough to, because like you're, you want to cast it with a bunch of, not nobodies, right. but like definitely actors that are, that got the chops, but are up and coming, not well known yet. That way when they do get injected into the Justice League, mm. they start popping off. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, they all have chemistry. Okay. I'm only smiling because I thought that a name popped up in my head. Okay. You might hate. For Barry? Yeah. Okay. Timothy Chalamet. No, he's stuck doing Dune. No, you mean Willy Wonka? <laughs> oh, Willy Wonka? <laughs> the prequel? <laughs> well, no, no. Just the, kidding. Here's the thing about yeah. Timothy Chalamet, too, is that uh, apparently Leonardo DiCaprio told him to not to yeah. never do superhero movies. I remember that. So I think he's going to live up to that. Yeah. And especially if, you know, Leonardo told you that, you're definitely going to listen to one of the best actors <laughs> yeah. ever. No superhero movies. Yeah. So, Well, either way, I yeah. mean, we'll have to see what the future holds, especially yeah. since the, the writer's strike probably will go on for another year. I mean, everything's delayed, so. Yeah. yeah. Well. Anything else? For the bear? For the bear? Luckily, they finished before the writer's strike. Yes. And we get a season two. That was so beautiful. And it was like the perfect timing for us. Like, like holy crap. Like, if this, if we had to wait like another year or two just for season two of The Bear, oh man, that would suck. Mm-hmm. We will have to wait longer for season three, though. It is what it is. It is what it is. Right. Anyways, until next time, it'll be the second part. Um, do you think it's two part? No. Oh yeah, dude. Now let's oh, just yeah. do a long episode. All right, all right, we'll see. Yeah, because no. I know episode six can be a lot. Okay, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll, 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 <laughs> you guys will see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I'm pointing over here. I'm in over here. <laughs> Whoops. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, this was the Bear season two, episode one through five. I've been Kevin. I've been Dirt. Like, subscribe, and do all the things. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. And we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.